0: Hey everyone, this is Brian and Carlos with Good Dog Workshop once again. Uh, We're here to help you sift through all the wrong and ridiculous information out there about dogs and dog behavior. So, how you doing, Carlos? Doing good, Brian. Nice to be back with you. Thanks for coming. So, today we're going to be talking about a particular dog named Sakura. Sakura! Sakura. (laughs) I'm not sure sure how to to spell it or even even say it, Um, but uh, but we went to the, the SPCA here in Faulkner County yesterday. The director texted me and asked me if we could come check out a, a little little young dog who was really really shut down and in the uh, in the back of the kennel um, wasn't eating well. So this is this is kind of the, the first in a series of uh, of her story about how she's coming along.
1: Yeah, and uh, sometimes we get a little bit of information about the dog's past. In this case, we have zero. Is that like I don't know if you picked I, up my...
0: the only the only thing that uh, that the ladies there told me was they got her from a situation a woman in Tennessee who like takes dogs in when they're they don't have any you know she's their last resort for them but she said the ladies there told me something about it's basically a big warehouse so I think it's a an indoor a covered facility that. That Sakura was in, but I'm not sure, and that's really all the information um, we have about her.
1: Other than yeah, she's female, and okay. they don't quite have an age, but it's she's that's young. Okay, she's young. Yeah. She definitely exhibits kind of puppy energy. Although I don't want to misguide people, she's not excited at all. She's very, very, very shut. I don't know if you want to use the word shut down, but yeah, kind of shut down. So, so how did we know that she has puppy energy? What did you pick up when you first? Um, when we were able to get her out of the, the shelter. The well,
0: yeah, the, the the puppy energy kind of you know, and that's just the playfulness and some some goofiness and the and the the gait of a dog sometimes isn't it isn't it just doesn't look very mature. We saw that when we were, when we were outside, but um, going back to the beginning, this was uh, this was a dog that I had seen one of the shelter attendants uh, move her back into her kennel three weeks ago or so, and you know the tail went right underneath, and she was definitely not interested in going back into into the kennel and she was turned away from the other dogs in the, uh, in the aisle there. And she, you know, was really just trying to communicate to the, the kennel attendant. I'm, I'm not comfortable with this at all, but she didn't look like she was, she was going to snap. And we haven't had, you know, seen any, uh, any indications that she would snap at us in, uh, in our handling at her. But that was my first experience with her was just seeing her from down the aisle. And clearly this, this little dog needed some help. So when we got there today, um, Maddie and Devin took us back, and and Sakura was sitting, you know, at the very back of her kennel, pressed up against the wall, and she was looking at us somewhat, but mostly really just trying to to communicate to us through her body language and her and her averted gaze. I just want to be invisible. I'm, you know, don't pay any attention to me. Ignore me. I just want to, you know, kind of vanish here.
1: And also, she wasn't eating, so that was one of the things that was concerning. She was eating a little bit, only a little bit, but seemed okay. So, eating a little bit, definitely withdrawing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know how much she was drinking there, but they said, uh, and she felt very skinny to us. And they said, well, she's actually put on weight since she's been there. So that's a that's a good indicator that um, you know it's nothing serious like cancer or something. Because if a dog has cancer and they stop eating, at least in in my personal experience, that just continues uh, downward. So we we figured that wasn't that wasn't much of a much of an issue there. So, um, you know, we, we stood kind of around the kennel and not getting too, too close too much, even to the front of the, of the kennel there. And Maddie was giving us more information about what they had done to, to work with her. And, um, uh, she seemed to react fine to Maddie and, and Devin. So I asked Maddie if she would go in there and, and, um, uh, and, and try and put the leash on her and see how she responds to her. And Sakura did did fine with uh, with Maddie. So Maddie, I handed her a leash and a collar, and she put those on her. And then, you know, trying to get her out was kind of a that was kind of a big deal.
1: Yeah, and this is when you have to use the other part of your, uh, I guess, your experience, and be a little bit more patient. Absolutely. Right? So this dog, I even though we have a collar and a leash on on her, we don't want to cause further I don't know what the word is discomfort you know maybe you just don't know when you don't have a background you just don't know so we were, what I did was I said okay I'm gonna put the leash on I'm gonna tug a little bit and I'm gonna immediately look for, for a response it, and if I tug a little bit and I don't see the response which I did not see from her then I had I think Maddie helped me I said well you know I just get behind her and kind of nudge her out of her corner with with your body and so that's what we did
0: and that and that was that yeah. was actually pretty effective.
1: Yeah, and and it it doesn't. It may take a little longer, but that little bit of modification, if you will, helps helps the dog go. You know what? Okay, I'm not getting yanked around and might stress her out more. Who right. knows if she was yanked around before? Who knows, right? So, so we had to do that. And um, let, me, let me just interject
0: yeah. here real quick. One of the reasons that, that we like this technique, again, is because dogs do it with each yeah, other. Yeah, right. It's and natural. I, and I, I learned this from my very first German Shepherd 20-something years ago. Um, some, oftentimes, getting behind a dog, whether it's a herding dog or not, they understand that they, you want something out of them. You want them to, to move. So it, it involves claiming space, but also most dogs don't like to have someone coming up behind them. And so they'll either turn or they're... Oh, they move forward, and that's exactly what uh, um, what Sakura did. She, you know, reluctantly because she really wasn't comfortable with probably the sounds in the shelter, and uh, um, you know, once again uh, being put on leash. Clearly, she wasn't comfortable being being on leash. But yeah, Carlos and, and Maddie got uh, got Sakura to move forward. And then as soon as we she saw the light of day, once we opened that door, the tail came up immediately. She had a spring in her step, and she, you know, went ahead of you in, on the on the walk. Isn't that right?
1: Yeah, she was, she was using her nose as well, right? So we want to let her be the side of her that's, that's healthier, right? The sniffing and the investigating and the curiosity. You want to tap into that part of the brain because if you're inside and have a bunch of noise and chaos and are stressed beyond, uh, you know, you're, the, the norm, I guess I don't know what the normal amount would be, but when you're shutting to the point where you're shutting down, uh, you're not likely to be a dog, right? You're just likely to shut down and just kind of be like, well, I'm going to freeze in almost like a paralyzed state. Yeah. So getting her out was good. We got her out without force um, or pulling. But um, but then we went into like a closed area. The paddock. And she was okay. But she did eventually, re- uh, what's the, regress is the word, I guess? Yeah, a, a little bit. Yeah, regress and... and try to find a corner again so so this kind of told us that that it was uh, a little bit more deep seated uh trauma she might have experienced and she was still okay better off being outside but still was very unsure uncertain and uh, found a corner and just i think you mentioned you pointed it out she started digging yep yeah she started digging like she was trying to
0: try and make a make a nest you know kind of make it comfortable comfortable for for herself and we had been told by the uh, by the kennel attendants that she did growl at people although again we didn't see that or experience that ourselves um and she definitely would growl um at uh, at other dogs if they got too close to her which we did experience and we'll we'll get to that in just a minute here um you know but one one thing that uh, that i think is so so fascinating about all this is outside made such a huge difference to her so when you see that in a dog try to work with them as much as you can Outside because it's a more natural environment rather than, you know, the hard floor, hard and slippery floors, the hard surfaces, all the echoes, all the sounds, all the dogs barking in a shelter, the, the loud intercom coming on, uh, people going up and down the aisles randomly, dogs going up and down the aisles randomly and so much different energy in there. It can really be very, you know, maybe traumatic is too strong a word, but it can it can be kind of kind of crippling to, to some of these dogs just to be in a, in a shelter environment.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Not to get off topic, but that could also be useful for people who are considering going to a shelter and looking for the, a dog, right? Don't just walk by. If you like the way a dog looks, uh, maybe the breed, but they look scared, try them outside, and you may find that that's enough to give you what you need to see if to see if uh, the dog's appropriate for you, right? Because sometimes the shelter environment causes the dogs to... Um, Take on a different personality, if you will.
0: Right, yeah, and and, and a good kennel attendant will recognize that. And they'll, they'll these, these people, they, you know, they should be interested in working with each dog and helping each dog individually, or at least knowing enough information from other attendants to be able to say, yes, yeah, she's much better outside, or she's not good, um, you know, with people coming up to her, her kennel facing. Uh, facing her directly, those, so those sorts of things, and, and we definitely saw a difference in, in Sakura when we got her outside.
1: Yeah, I like the word. I think Devin uses word. She says "show well." They don't show well yeah. here. The picture, well, you know. And I thought that was interesting because it, it lets me know for sure that she has uh, an awareness there, right, about uh, the importance. Okay, it's it's not just how's the dog, shelter the dog, feed the dog. You know, it's also hey, we have to make sure people see what. The, the upside of this dog is so that they can make the best decision and not a decision based on the the worst uh, um, scenario or fearful uh, fearful response in and in, in maybe not the best environment right so, right. so that, i like I my, my point is I like that she said that
0: yeah good. yeah yeah devin who we're talking about here is the director of the fal here s v c a devin Settle. she's a fantastic young lady um you know, I've known her uh, somewhat for 14 years and really gotten to know her very well. And she took over the the directorship of the SPC uh, several years ago, and the shelter has never been doing better. And they they you know they process, I say process, but they but they get dogs adopted out, no returns. It's a quieter environment there, which is one of the most interesting things to me um, since she's since she's been in charge. But she does a fantastic job with it, and that's as a matter of fact where I got my little. Little Beagle Vivian, um, you know, you go on YouTube and see some some videos of us working with Vivian. You'll get a kick out of out of some of those. So, in speaking of, of Vivian, the next thing we did when uh, Sakura was in the corner and she was kind of done sniffing around and, and was no longer curious and kind of like Carlos said, regressed or reverted. Yeah, we're
1: still outside, by the way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, as when she when she regressed back to where she had been previously and went to the corner, then the next thing was okay. Let's let's try and get this momentum back. So I went to the truck and got uh, and got Vivian, um, and my dog Red and and Red was still outside the paddock. But I brought Vivian in to you know to try and try and make a connection with um, with Sakura through the use of another dog. Because oftentimes these guys can help each other overcome these these psychological obstacles when when we can't. So I brought Vivian in and I, I think sakura pretty much came right up to her didn't didn't she
1: yeah it, she, we have uh, footage and also uh, um it was nice to see her be dog-like right she went right into the sniffing process right the tail was, came up or the or the mannerisms the tail came up sniffing politely by the way it wasn't a fearful thing where she was like who are you not very natural very yep. natural uh, which tells me that that there's definitely um room for for improvement, right? There's definitely a desire um, to return back to a more stable state, right? Which is what you want to see. But, you know, it's something sometimes people overlook, right? Dogs isolated. um, Maybe they're good with people. Um, Maybe they're good with uh, some dogs. Maybe they're not good with other dogs. Make sure you Maybe try a different dog. Maybe and, try a soft energy dog. Right, know.
0: and sometimes gender makes a difference too. Yep. Um, you know, my girlfriend just got here to the house, so she's just meeting Sakura for the first time, and, and I'm pretty convinced that uh, that gender is going to play a role in, in, in bringing Sakura out of our show, I think, because the ladies, I think their they're softer energy, softer approach with Sakura... Um, uh somehow somehow seem to seem to make a little bit of a difference in in sakura but that's what we're doing um we're uh, you know we're, we're working with sakura to to find out and, and experiment so basically we're kind of like private investigators here and, and figure out what what makes this dog tick and how do we uh, how do we kind of get her back to you know to being a dog um you know a normal a normal stable dog so going back to what uh, you had said carlos um sakura when as soon as she saw vivian she became curious and to me that's the most important thing for a dog to exhibit or the most important thing for us to notice when a dog is shut down or anxious or acting aggressive whatever it is if a dog can become curious number one we know that they can be a different a better version of themselves a more normal dog-like version of themselves Um, but number two Also, it doesn't take us coaxing or bribing or pushing or coercing or whatever. She became curious on her own. So that tells me that, like Carlos said, she didn't want to be in that in that shut down anxious state. She wanted to move forward and it was her curiosity through her nose that got her to move forward. So I I really hope our listeners out there can can take that to heart here and pay attention to things like that when they're working with dogs, especially the uh, the nervous and anxious dogs, you know, try and. Trying to look for that nose to get going, and and how what we can do to to further bring that dog forward through the through the use of sense. You were going to say something.
1: Yeah, I just want to stop you for a second, and uh, I think this is important to to discuss because if you have been listening to the other podcasts, we do uh, recommend, and we do tell people to be assertive and to be confident, and we do recommend people to be physical when it when it's appropriate. How do you how, would you, how do we explain the thresholds of when it's time to be assertive and confident and when it's time to be patient and, I guess you would say, softer um, and gentler when dealing with a dog's energy? Uh, how, do you, how do you know when it's time to, for example, we don't always, if we were to keep this dog, for example, and hopefully she would rehabilitate to a better, happier version of herself, Would you say that you would always have a soft, passive energy? How do you, in other words, how do you know, without confusing people, this is the right approach versus more assertive, stronger approach with this energy dog? Because I know people have heard us say, "Be assertive, be confident, don't be soft." But now we're saying, "Be soft."
0: Right. Yeah, that's a totally fair question, and unfortunately, the simple answer is the dog tells you. You 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 have to learn how to read. Read the dog. Read the dog's body language. The you know the 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 look in the eyes. And I don't mean, oh, he looks like my old buddy Jasper. I mean, how does how does the dog look out at the world? How is the dog looking at you? Is it looking out with fearful eyes? Is it looking out with curiosity? Um, what are the what are the muscles on the forehead doing to doing to the you know the, the the wrinkles that we can see and how are how's the dog carrying its ears and its tail and is it standing sideways to you is it facing to you is it is it turning away so the dog through their body language is really telling you and then as you practice this more and more you just get a, a real quick sense of of what the dog needs does it need you know that kind of a a nudge to to get it going and 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 bring it out of it or does it need a lot of patience and and a lot of space
1: yeah I, and we did try for example a ball to see if the dog was we
0: threw a ball near the dog
1: was toy motivated or what's the word play play drive motivated what do you guys uh yeah it has play drive play drive so we do test all those things what we're trying to tap into is what makes this dog tick right right that The breed is not—we're not sure what the breed—I don't know if we touched on that a little bit. But consider—think of a smaller Border Collie-looking dog, but without the dark markings. So Border Collies are usually black um, and white. Yeah,
0: is a brown and white dog. Yeah, it's like
1: a brown and white Border Collie smaller version. So we don't know what makes this dog tick, so we're trying to tap into— it's a natural senses, right? So meeting another dog like Brian talked about, maybe having a play drive, maybe it uh, responded well to touch, right? So you try all these things, um, but ultimately what did we end up doing,
0: right? Uh We used Vivian. We used Vivian yeah. and then and then Red later on to bring her out of that corner to yeah. make her curious. And I have a wonderful picture that I got of, of you and the, uh, the other ladies there at the fence, and you're just standing there talking and... Sakura came right up to you, and she had her she had her tail up. She was curious, and her no, and her nose down, but she came up to you. She moved towards people who have kind of been, um, you know, a, a source of a source of fear, discomfort for her. It, it seemed um, she moved towards you partly because you guys were not looking at her. You weren't paying attention yeah. to her, um, and that that gets into a whole other topic of putting too much on your dog, looking at them, moving towards them you know, face, facing them directly and reaching for them and talking to them. All these things, most dogs are like, okay, you know what? Pick two of those three or four or five things and and not all of them at once because that's too much for me. And that was definitely the case with, with Sakura. As soon as we do too many things at once uh, with her, then she's like, okay, I'm just going to freeze here and hope you go away because that's too much for me. But in, in the end, um, it was it was uh, Vivian, our little our little beagle, who's calm as can be, uh, and and Red, who isn't who isn't calm, but goes up to her and says, "Hey, you know, you should have fun because I'm a dog, and being a dog is cool." So Red kind of did some pushing for us, mm-hmm. and went up to her with his tail up, you know, saying, "I'm interested, I'm excited." Sniffed her with more enthusiasm than Vivian did, and because Sakura didn't respond, we know that um, or didn't respond negatively. We negatively we know that Sakura can take a certain amount of, of nudging as long as it's done without too much assertion. So it really comes down to reading the dog and reading the situation. Go ahead.
1: Well, and I was just going to say, it. when a dog is cornered, you can kind of get a sense for what, what they're really fearful of. Yeah. And it was just nice to see that even though she was cornered and fearful, we could still handle her. All right. So that was a big deal. Oh,
0: that reminds me. I'm sorry. The, um, uh, before we let Vivian in, that's right. She was in a corner and i just casually walked up kind of along the the this fence the edge yeah. of the fence there and just made a motion like i wanted that corner like i'd trying to claim that space and then she just she kind of looked at me but then she moved away about about 6 or 8 inches so she was fine with giving with giving up that space to me but she could have snapped at me yep. she could she could have cowered she could have turned her head further into the corner she could have tightened herself up into a ball so that was just a small way to test her but it really revealed a, a lot about her even before we got uh, got the other two dogs to to join her
1: yeah so now um, we made an agreement with the,
0: the SPCA
1: yeah the SPCA and now we have uh, decided to remove her from that environment temporarily and what have we seen so far she's, she's still. a little bit uh uh, what's the word reserved oh yeah yeah definitely what what
0: carlos means removed her from that environment she's staying she's staying at my house now carlos is here for for a week um and so we uh, we put her put her right in the truck because it was easy just to you know pick her up out of the out of the paddock carry her right into the truck with the rest of the pack meaning with red with vivian so there's really no transition or there's less of a transition going from place to place because she has her new pack with her, put her in the truck, signed the, the, um, you know, the release paperwork for her. So she's going to stay with us for, for a bit. And when we, um, when we got out of the trucks, you know, she was happy to jump down, happy to get out of a, out of a, a human made interior closed off environment, like a, like a vehicle, um, walked her around side a little bit. And I believe she finally went to the bathroom again. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you know her tail was up we got a few pictures please check out our, our facebook page we got a few pictures of her being you know very normal and very dog-like outside and then we had to work to get her inside she wasn't interested in, in coming up the steps back into the house and clearly again that tells us that she's not comfortable with uh, with indoor indoor environments there so we had to coax her a bit um but then once we got her inside we really let her just just figure out what she you know what she wanted to explore at what at what pace and let her do her own thing?
1: Yeah, and this is the part where we, you know, we say, hey, make sure that you don't humanize a dog. Uh, make sure you're not soft. But this is a case where we, we did have to kind of humanize a little bit because I didn't want to pull on the leash and give her, make her have a, a negative association with a leash. And she's like, I'm already fearful. Now you're pushing me somewhere. I'd rather go put place my hands on her and lift her up and get her to the space where we need her to be, which is indoors. So,
0: Oh, you picked her up at that point? Yeah, I picked okay, her up. because I was corralling the other dog. Okay.
1: Yeah, so uh, I did pick her up. I put her down. But once I put her down inside the house, she was curious again. So sometimes the dogs have a little bit of a barrier. And sometimes the leash can work. But when the dog is really, really fearful, it's fair to say that there are other methods. Like Brian said, herding, get behind. Herd. H-E-R-D. Yes, H-E-R-D. Uh, And in this case, I did pick her up because she was so fearful.
0: You know, you know but but to be completely fair, you say you humanize the dog, and you and you didn't. The difference being being the state of mind that you pick the dog up in. If you feel sorry for the dog, oh, yeah yeah okay, then you can treat it like a like an uh, an infant child that you have to protect we don't feel sorry for this dog. We're, you know, doing, we're responding to what she's giving us from moment to moment. And we're here to, we're here to help her. We really try and work to be non-emotional about this, despite how we may feel about the, about the dog. So when Carlos picked up the dog, he just picked up the dog. And that's all there is to it because, you know, he's been doing this so long. He's an expert, he's professional. So there's a right way and a wrong way to do a lot of these things. So when you say humanize, I just want to let our listeners know that, that's maybe a little a little self-effacing in, in your in your regard, but uh, but for for me, all he did was just pick the dog up, say, you know what, we need you to move a little bit faster, and if this threshold is difficult for you, we'll kind of zip through this part and just get you in get you inside. And you know something else that that we failed to mention at the uh, yep. at the shelter was um, I, when I was talking to the ladies on the other side of the paddock, you had actually picked up her front paws, or you had yeah yeah yeah, yeah like a, was, like a
1: pop the wheelie like yeah a, yeah yeah for the and for me, that's just a half pickup, you know. I guess if you call it that, I just want to see how comfortable a dog is. But right. yeah, just pre- just putting little different pressure points on.
0: Right, and and so because I had Carlos had done that, then I took the next step and I I handled her and I, I petted her and and I noticed that she really kind of fell into my hands when I was when I was um, rubbing under under her neck and I approached typically below a, um, the head of a dog who's who's anxious or fearful rather than above because we don't want to make them feel. Uh, feel dominated or insecure, or something above, we go up from underneath and, and, you know, lift the chin upright, trying to try give them the the air of confidence and, and boost them up a little bit. And so I was comfortable seeing what Carlos did. I was comfortable or, or I was pleased with, with what I did. And, that, and at that point, then I was totally comfortable picking her up. And by comfortable, I mean, real knowing that that was not going to trigger anything bad, Bad in her, not comfortable that she wouldn't bite me, but comfortable that that was not going to be a problem for her. And so when we when we got her home and Carl picked her up to brought her into the house, we had already known to a great certainty that this was not going to be problematic for the for the dog. Again, done with the with the right approach. So then once we got her in the house, yep. took the took the leash off her. We had to change collars on her because she was kind of stepping on that that giant collar yep. that was put on her. And you did that pretty, pretty easily. Yep. Um, she wasn't. She wasn't bothered by that. She clearly would uh, wanted to explore more. But you looped that that new martingale over her head, and I think we just let her wander around a bit, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting when you see a dog come out of their shell. It's yep. nice to see it. So she was unsure, didn't want to come in, came inside, and then it was like, oh, this is interesting. So. This is where it becomes challenging for us. We have to constantly be reading very precisely. Okay, she's fearful. She's curious. Because any little improvement is uh, noteworthy, and it it tells us something. And and
0: we want to make sure when we see those improvements that we've read the situation and say, okay, let's try and make sure we we reinforce that or reenact that if we can.
1: Yeah, so, so it's definitely a rehabilitation process. But, man, it's totally different than what we normally do. Yeah. Which is high energy, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we have to use a different part of our brain. That's like, okay, read, focus, observe, but also not come down with a lot, ton of energy, noise. So we have to kind of, like you said, observe her and be like her a little bit, yeah, and see what's bringing her out of her shell. So we can get her to that stable point where she can be the best version of herself. Because ultimately, we, we have to, we have to, we want to get this dog to the right uh person owner right we're not adopting her no. we're, we're helping the spca so this dog still needs to undergo that rehabilitation process so that whoever owns her knows what what to look forward to and will get the best version of the dog right so, so that they're not returned and there's no other issues that they're surprised with which happens a lot of times when People adopt a dog and they're not sure what they're getting, and then right. they go, "Oh, I didn't notice, I didn't notice this about this dog." So we're trying to do the legwork, if you will, the the tough stuff, to bring her out of her shell. And we're but we're using a very very natural approach. I don't think we have talked much to this dog at all. I mean, no, no, we, yeah, and that's that's something we talk about with
0: clients all the time. Is, is all this human speech that you give your dogs? Oh, what a good boy! Did you have a good day? Uh, if you don't do that, Sparky, you're not going to get your ice cream treat. Come on, get in the truck. If you get in the truck, we're going to go see Uncle Freddy. All that nonsense, that's for us, okay? That's because of our own insecurities. Dogs don't need that. So we we are are actually very quiet when we're working with a dog and sometimes even silent, again, because that's how dogs work with each other. Red hasn't hasn't said a word. He hasn't uttered a sound. At this new dog, Vivian hasn't done anything. Ariel just came over a little while ago. She hasn't said anything to this dog. So, once again, we need to speak the language of, of dogs in order to uh, to get the best out of this dog by communicating in in her terms. I want to go back real quick. One thing you said is we have to work differently with with a dog like Sakura, um, and and so I would I would equate it to we're on the highway, but then we've got a car that just won't get out of first gear. So we pull off to the side of the highway and we stay in first gear while everyone else is zipping by and we'll stay with in first gear with Sakura until she's ready to go into, into second gear and that's it, you know, and and the rest, the rest of the world is going and doing things and, and, and we can't pay any attention to that other than to, you know, to block or protect anything that might be interfering with, with Sakura. But we will stay with her in first gear until she's ready to, to move on and advance on her own.
1: And that's the tricky part, right? Can you be patient patient, without feeling sorry? Sometimes those things are hard to separate. Oh, this dog is showing me sadness or what we perceive as sadness. Oh, this dog is showing me that it's maybe, you know, been traumatized. How do you not absorb that and think that that's now the dog's identity? That's your relationship with the dog. So pulling over, being patient, like Brian said, because maybe um, the dog's in first gear doesn't mean we feel bad. Okay, we still have to be ourselves and not come down to that sadness level, right? So we still we still want to encourage the dog to come up to our level.
0: And right. and, and that's that's a terrific question that you that you asked there. But then I guess you kind of started to answer it was yeah. how do you how do you do this? How do you work with a dog who's you know likely had some sort of traumatic experience. You know, maybe we know about it, maybe we don't know, maybe the injuries are visible or or invisible. How do you work that and not let that, you know, bring you down or or upset you? That comes through practice after, you know, so many, after fostering so many dogs through, uh, uh, through a local rescue here, you know, after X number, and I wish I could tell you which number it was, but after X number, you kind of become in a sense, immune to it, a little numb to it. And it's not that you don't feel. It's that you know how to not let those feelings interfere with what you're... With,
1: with the big picture. Yeah, yeah. With,
0: with your with your mission here. Um, so really, it's just, it just takes practice uh, to, to get
1: past that point. Uh, I want to make a correction. I think you said today. Uh, uh, so we're actually on day two with this dog. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sorry if, I, if yeah. I said that. So we're actually on day two um day one was the shelter stuff now we're on day two what's the progress now so we can wrap it up because we're not this is going to be a to be continued
0: yeah yeah this is definitely a a series so uh this morning when she had chosen to to camp out in the the pantry because there's a low shelf in there so she had her own den we put food and water right next to her because she was a little growly with the other dogs when they got too close to to food um and so we took the other dogs upstairs. Uh, when I came down this morning, she might have drunk some water, but she clearly hadn't eaten any of the any of the food. She let me leash her up again, no no problem. And that was just a slow approach. Got her out, tail went up as soon as we got outside in the front yard. She went to the bathroom, uh, sniffed around a little bit, went to the bathroom in a different spot, and then I had to pull her a bit to get her back in the house because she wasn't interested in coming in right away. But you know, I have my morning routine to to do, and then uh, and then since then she's. Picked up food out of her bowl okay. and like buried it <laughs> okay. underneath some towels that i that I had as her as her bed and she 's done that several times and i 've seen her eat a little bit and i 've seen her drink out of two water bowls. She went back in the crate once just for a brief second okay um, but she's, she's you know she 's very alert she 's keeping her eye on everything. Uh, she 's definitely less comfortable inside than outside, um, but the the other dogs when they 're moving around when she hears a front door open or when she smells the the fresh air coming in she 's you know up at the at the front door with the rest of us with her tail up with her ears up ready to go, so I know outside is going to be a major part of uh, of working with her and and getting her comfortable. Um, with other dogs, with other with other people, and the last thing that we both noticed you, this morning on your walk and last last yesterday, yeah. on my walk was dogs barking, dogs charging. She does not like that at all. She freezes and wants to skedaddle out of there.
1: So yeah, that's a true shutdown. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That, that's another instance that that kind of gives us some insight into what she may have may have faced uh, faced before. Is just trying to trying to make herself invisible around other dogs so that nothing. Nothing bad happens, um, but that's that's uh, today's update, and we'll uh, we'll give you another update. Um in, uh, in the next day or so and we'll keep these images going and, and posted on Facebook as well so please go to our Facebook page and follow us and and, uh, and like us uh, if you have any questions as always go ahead and, and write on the um, on the, the forms there or feel free to call us at 703-489-1319 again this is Brian Kirkner and Carlos Marino with Good Dog Workshop
1: and if someone wants to adopt if by any chance this gets out in time oh, yeah. Warrington, Virginia, Falkier SPCA
0: yep Okay, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it.